Well, hey there, all you DC Comics news fans. Uh, DC Comics fans. Comic book fans. Fans of podcasts. Fa- fans of podcasts when you're doing chores. I think I saw a post recently. It might have been from G. Willow Wilson. I might be mixing it with someone else. But it said, thank goodness for podcasts when you're folding laundry. In fact, how did we ever survive folding laundry before that? <laughs> Only a question you can answer. What I can say is, I'm thrilled to be here with you for another episode of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. You're listening on the DC Comics News Podcast Network. This is episode number 121 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. My top five picks from DC Comics each and every week. These ones coming to you the final week of August. This one's pretty fun. Do you like anthologies? Well, if you're a DC Comics fan, you probably do, because the recent anthologies have been these amazing combinations of just brilliant writer and artist teams telling stories that are so perfectly packed and with a great theme, celebrating usually either uh, love, hope, diversity, or in the case of the 80th anniversary specials, specific character as told by different artists and writers in multiple stories. It's a huge fun for me. Uh, If you hear a little noise in the background, they're picking up the garbage cans today. Nothing I can do about it except talk more comics with you. So kicking things off for uh, my first issue for this week is going to be the Aquaman 80th anniversary. Okay, so for starters, Do these things make you go broke? Because sometimes I get one or two or maybe three covers and then I realize if I get too many more, I won't be able to buy any other books that week. And the covers are just so good. They're so tantalizing. (laughs) So many great styles uh, demonstrated, so many talented artists behind them. So first things first, uh, just what a ridiculous number of gorgeous covers. Uh, Michael Cho, Ramona Freyden, Sandra Hope, Trish Mulvihill, uh, Walter Simonson and Laura Martin, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez and Trish Mulvihill, Chuck Patton, Kevin Nolan and Alex Sinclair on one, Yvel Guichet and Nick Filardi, and then Becky Cloonan, followed by Robson Rocha, Daniel Enriquez, and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Phenomenal stuff. I mean, it's, it's really hard to... <laughs> to find a favorite, just as it's hard to go through these. Now, way back when they did Batman, or sorry, Detective Comics number 1000, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go through each story and we're gonna do this. I think that episode was like an hour and a half. So what I've learned to do is just give you a bit of an introduction with the uh, first story, let you know there's some amazingly talented writers um, and artists collaborating on this one. Everyone from Jeff Johns, to uh, Stephanie Phillips, Sean Aldridge, Michael Morecci, Dan Waters, Dan Jurgens, uh, Chuck Brown, Marguerite Bennett. See artists on here from Jordi Belair, Norm Ratman, Paul Pelletier, Evan Shaner, you know, Doc, Scott Eaton, Norm Ratman. I'm just like, you know, darting around. I'm not even going to a thing. Ramulo Fajardo Jr., uh, Ulysses Areola. I mean, it's phenomenal. So, really, it's hard for me to pinpoint a favorite or to go through them all but what i usually do is start with the first story in this first one a great one called the foxtail 
from Jeff Parker with, as mentioned, Evan Doc Shaner, Rob Lay on the letters. Um, really gorgeous stuff here. Just phenomenal work. It's, it's hard not to be impressed, and it's so impressive. And it does that thing that I always loved about Steven Spielberg, who said so many of his movies were about communication, right? So that idea behind communication is something that comes into play with the foxtail. And we've got a ship submarine that is entangled with a cephalopod and it can't communicate with Arthur. He can't communicate with it. He can't understand what it's trying to tell him. And that's when he has to take one for the team because the sub in defense of its craft fires a torpedo. And since they're remote piloting it, the only way he can stop it is to simply get in front of it before they direct it towards the creature somewhere else, even more dangerous or uh, casualty-inducing or catastrophic. So with all of that in mind... Oh, there's a barking dog. Uh, with all of that in mind, he, uh, he does take one for the team. And in the moment when he's sort of like recovering from a really big wallop, he has this sensory moment of being out on the beach and essentially... There's a, a man who looks like a young version of Arthur and a woman and a dog named Salty. And Salty is clearly acting up and running around to which the woman, Erica, pauses and says, oh yeah, sometimes dog can get this little foxtail. Now, this was fun for me because I grew up uh, in a very dry climate with a lot of foxtails and I had a Malamute. Um, Alaskan Malamute and she had these giant ears and those foxtails would go right in there and I can remember my dad taking her to the vet and sometimes on his own with tweezers trying to pluck it out and it would just the way it would go in it would just continue to burrow and drive her nuts so Arthur has this connection from this moment that he recalls and he realizes that the cephalopods in pain and that's when he recognizes a hum that he hadn't noticed before, one that is actually a frequency weapon coming from the sub. So he destroys it, boards the sub, and begins to explain how things need to work now. Now from there, it's just, you know, classic Arthur being a great steward of the sea, but that understanding of what's going on, because he takes the time to focus on communication, focus on trying to get through this creature, get through the people in the sub, and because of that, you, you get this really awesome story. And it's just a peek, just a peek at all the wonderfulness that's awaiting for you should you join the adventure of Aquaman 80th Anniversary Special. Um, you won't be disappointed if you've enjoyed these specials and the anthologies that DC has created. And if you haven't enjoyed any of that, you still won't be disappointed because it's just that good. That's how confident I am about my first choice, a lovely five out of five book, a, a really you know, brilliant idea, and a great way to tee things up as we move into my second choice. And for that one, I'm going with Midnighter 2021 Annual. Now, so far, Midnighter has had a story running in the uh, back pages of Action Comics, and it has to do with the fact that he's in a time loop that there's this malevolent computer chip AI from the future that he puts in his brain and then comes from the future back to the beginning of the time loop, thus casting his 
persona, personage, presence from that time into the forward future time where he had just left. And it gets a little weird after that. I'm not going to lie. It uh, it got a little funky, but we got the chance to meet, like, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Miracle. There was a great sort of, you know, back and forth between those two. And then steadily it's been building to this problem that now that he's his future self in a previous part of his timeline, what does he do and how does he deal with the fact that one of the biggest problems, well, is that the loop has never been something he's survived. He keeps ending up in the same position and he's trying to change things up and do it differently. But he's also been keeping secrets from his partner, Apollo, and now... He and Shiloh and Apollo have decided to take on the big bad in the present time and turn it into a wild adventure. <laughs> and this story just keeps pushing envelopes. I mean, it just keeps going in so many different directions. And the whole time, I just had to chuckle to myself like, how much further? How much farther? How much more can you keep doing? And this book had no problem saying, just keep watching. Just keep watching. Oh, yeah. Keep on watching. Yep. Almost there. No, not quite. Stay with it. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's really gorgeous stuff. I love the storytelling. I absolutely love the art. I love the uh, the sense, the flair. I love <laughs> how Midnighter is getting, like, chewed up and rebuilding his body. And, you know, then you've got poor Shiloh just freaking out about what's going on and why it's going on. And then there's also that moment where we learn a little bit about the bad guy. So he has like, you know, some sort of like, hmm, not quite redeeming qualities, but certainly we can see how he believes that he's the hero of his own story and how it is that he set himself on this path that's locked him in this loop with Midnighter and how he's always in Midnighter's head, just sort of playing with him, you know, just really mucking with him like you sure you want to do that i wouldn't do that does that seem like a good idea <laughs> overall i mean it's just this wonderful combination of quite brilliant stuff and it made me smile um this one's got becky clunan and conrad and deming and soma and uh man it, it was a great ride i loved everything about it and I love that it still left surprises, even when you think the story's reached its inevitable, necessary, expected conclusion. There, there are the feelings that, you know, I mean, some villains just can never stay away. Some just don't die. Some just remain a thorn in your side no matter what. All I can say is it was an amazing experience and it was a great adventure and a wild romp and it's why I was happy to make it my second choice on this week's episode and why I think it's such a five out of five book. And I'm hoping that if you picked it up, you agree. And if you haven't, when you do, that you do. Hey, we're going to take a quick ad break. We'll be right back with my third, fourth, and fifth choices right here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 121. Thanks for hanging out. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. 
It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. 
We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you cuff. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's, that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want to. God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to. Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Accepted season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And boom, just as promised, just as told, it's time for my third choice right here on DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 121. Hope you enjoyed all those great ad breaks, that cool, smooth, Almost sassy, but sultry, jazzy sound that wraps up that final one. And as we move into it, hey, 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 let's have a bit of fun with Batman Superman Annual. I love this story because it takes so much of what we think we know. And it proceeds to pull and twist and show us that, man, there's a lot of great stuff that can happen. There's a lot of great ways that you can tell these kind of phenomenal stories about, you know, new characters like Alter I.O., who's this archival, you know, viewer and all-knowing, all-seeing presence. And basically, he can kind of hang out and watch everything that's happening and, and see it all transpire. And yet, at the same time, he was originally a uh, victim who then became a villain that Batman and Superman had to save. And when they did, they uncovered this really amazing figure who'd simply been trying to archive all of the information about the worlds that he could and make sure these stories were never lost. Sounds, you know, like a very noble cause. So now we pick up with him after that story arc has ended And we get the chance to learn a little bit about these two worlds as our main characters enter each other's worlds. Superman, who travels to the world of the night, as it is called. And uh, also, we get to see Batman and Robin in the world of tomorrow. And as they are swapping places, we, we have this really fun look at, at what each places like how each city is different how the the Jim Gordon 
in the world of tomorrow is so much softer than the Jim Gordon that Bruce Wayne knows from Gotham. Amazing writing here from Gene Luen Yang. He's done some really gorgeous stuff, and I was really thrilled to enjoy it. Uh, pencils by Paul Pelletier, um, inks by Mick Gray, Hi-Fi with the colors, and ALW's Troy Pateri with the letters. You've got Brian Hitch and Alejandro Sanchez on the cover with a variant cover by Francesco Francovia, and it is phenomenal and a great time, and I highly recommend it. A lot of fun for me. I think it'll be a lot of fun for you. There's also this really cool stylistic telling where as the story transpires, you'll see elements um, from the panels stretched out into streams and stretches of film. So each one is taking a panel of film instead of just a comic panel. And so a large full page is one or two panels of um traditional movie theater film 35 millimeter and such and it's pretty awesome the way that this sort of twists up those stories and wraps them around each other and how because of that you get to have this like really great stylistic viewing of the story on top of the great story that's being told within the uh the dialogue and the captions and so much more and there's some really great conflicts. There's some really fun plays on what people know and think they know about classic characters like Bruce Wayne, like Two-Face, like Lex Luthor. And it, it's a really great romp and stomp. I think overall it's one of those kind of books that celebrates the best of when you take a story and you just have fun with it. And you know these are great characters. And because of that, you have fun with them. And I think it's a wonderful celebration of uh, Batman, Superman, uh, their great teamwork, their camaraderie, the two worlds they come from, and the way this story melds all of that together into, man, uh, a really fun annual that just ties up so much of the great stuff that has been happening so far in the recent story arcs, but then goes beyond it. And in doing so, pushes in some really fun directions. It also gives you a chance to have each of the characters sort of be the you know stranger in a strange place and then the discoveries they get to have because of that so i thought it was pretty awesome i'm pretty excited for uh what could be in store for mr gene luen yang sadly um batman superman will be coming to a close it will you know be coming to an end and i get that you know it, it's gonna happen but at the same time i also feel like man there could be so much more in store that we can all look forward to, especially from an amazing talent like Gene Luen Yang and Batman Superman Annual 2021 is definitely a showcase of that. And speaking of great things to come and the fact that there's so much more to look forward to, well, it's so easy for me to pick up my fourth choice for this week. We're talking, I'm talking, and you're with me listening. So yeah, we're talking about the milestone return sensation that is Static Season 1, Issue Number 3. First off, man, that opening cover. <laughs> and the variant just does something really cool. It just it does something really fun, really amazing. I was totally hooked from, uh, from the moment. It was, it was a great introduction for me. I really loved everything about it. For starters, uh, this issue, this is amazing story, run it back. Man, 
written by Vita Ayala, who just really understands how to make this series so great and does it with the characters, the setting, great dialogue, um, great development. And it's pretty awesome to have Nicholas Draper Ivy providing pencils, inks, and colors for pages 1 through 12, Chris Cross doing the pencils and inks for pages 13 through 20, and then colors by Will Quintana for pages 13 through 20 with letters by Anwil Design. And the uh, original cover that I was just, you know, hooting and hollering about by Carrie Randolph and Emilio Lopez with a variant cover by Nicholas Draper Ivy. It's, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Just like the opening in which we get to see a character known as Francis Stone. Francis has taken on some powers and become a real problem for, uh, for Static. And everything from attacking him and his family in their house and trying to set it on fire to when they were first at a protest together and it turned violent to a man, to a lot of stuff. But now he's being held. And as he's being held, he says he has a list of names of, as they're called now, bang babies. Children who are at the Big Bang who are now exhibiting powers and in doing so are being viewed as a violent and dangerous threat to the rest of society. Well, uh, what can I say? There's some folks who struggle with that, right? And one of them is Static. He's getting his powers. He's understanding how they work. He's working with his family on what they can do about it. But in the meantime, he also has to deal with the fact that, you know, bad guys like Francis, who's got some, you know, ridiculous heat name because he throws fire around, are always coming at him and, and they don't seem to be stopping. So at the end of last issue, Virgil had decided, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to reach out to Curtis Metcalf, who is awesome in the hardware series. And he's like, here's how I'm going to, you know, make things happen. I'm going to connect with this guy. And then... <laughs> Once I do, uh, hopefully it's going to help. Well, Curtis is about to have his own problems. But he does tell Virgil that there's a stash locker where Virgil can get some you know, equipment and try and figure out his next move. And Virgil arrives only to then have, um, well, let's just say some guys outside who uh, could be police, could be more than police, but they're definitely looking for Curtis Metcalf. They think Virgil is because he's in the uh, stash house. And Virgil's only got like one way that he thinks is possible for him to get anything done, and that is to flat out run. Now, he does get his hands on some gear, so he's not running empty handed. And it's pretty cool to see the way that he is able to use his powers, break away, and in doing so, get back home <laughs> and have some really great conversations with his parents to sort of learn more. But before he does all that, we get to have a really cool costume design and assembly moment. This really fun montage where he essentially takes a look at the things that he got from Curtis and he realizes like, hey, um, I think this is something I can work with. You know, 
He's got this amazing suit that's designed to do all this stuff. It's high-grade protective material. It can resist all these different things. And it would really provide him with some protection the next time he has to go up against Francis. So we get to see this cool design, and the result is awesome. I mean, just really sweet. In fact, it's kind of funny that uh, as he's doing it, someone in his family walks by and sort of just gives a peek. Like, hey, to which he's then struggling with, like, <laughs> how long is it going to take before I get any grief for this? Now, the great thing about Virgil so far has been the amazing conversations that he has with his parents, the way he's able to connect with them. And there's a great conversation between Virgil and his father about, you know, do you think I'm doing the right thing? What would you do if you were in my position? And this leads to them agreeing that they, you know, have a lot of work to do, that they both agree that he needs to train and have the ability to defend himself, not only with his powers, but also physically. And then <laughs> inside, his friends are helping out with the cleaning, repainting, and general fixing up that the Hawkins family is doing to try and make their home look like or to make their house look more like the home. But just because things are fixing up at home, when Virgil and his friends return to school, they do discover that they have new threats and dangers awaiting them. And sadly, a familiar face who is at the head of it all. It's a really great story, really awesome art. I mean, beautiful, beautiful shading and colors, great moments that, you know, showcase these like wonderful flashes of action and power and that great shot of static you know in his costume with the hat is just phenomenal but then there's also these really awesome feelings when you get to see Virgil connecting with his dad talking on the roof while they're fixing shingles and then later the the colors and the tone and the hues inside and then there's something sort of ah anesthetized about the way the school environment is in these blues and grays that feel like a medical facility or some place where just that off-white bluishness of it between the walls and the lights gives it that ominous feeling. Man, really awesome stuff here. Really, really impressive work and a great reason for me to make Static uh, Season 1, Issue Number 3 my fourth choice, which brings me around to my fifth and final for that one. I went with Infinite Frontier. Um, man, this is one of those books that just keeps on charging ahead. Psycho Pirate was uh, a potential, uh, a never that menacing villain in my eyes until Crisis on Infinite Earths, when he suddenly became the puppet of the Anti-Monitor and so manipulated different characters, and then finally The Flash. Um, then he became this most horrible danger. Now, the great thing is, is seeing him appear, you know, new design, part of a new evil plan, um, <laughs> more than ready to take on all of the heroes and turn things into a big conflagration and not apologizing for any of it because he's pretty sure he's here to save the world and, and change it and fix it better than everybody else had messed it all up. 
Um, and there's some surprises along the way, like Roy Harper, who's got a black ring now, and the fact that Barry is being uh, manipulated so that he believes he's running with all the members of the Flash family while he is turbocharging a dangerous weapon. Um, man, there's some really fun moments when you get to see some of the Infinity Inc. and JSA members that you haven't seen in forever, like Power Girl and Jade, pop back on the scene, make great appearances, and get into a big superhero fight with Psycho Pirate and his uh, gang of like-minded fellows. <laughs> and you also get the chance to see some really cool weapons. You get to see uh, some really great powers. And you get to see the story just continue spiraling and spinning. And at the end of it is something oh, oh so dangerous and menacing and a reminder of just why it is some of DC's big bads, they're, they're big bads for a reason. And how often it just takes their appearance to bring it all to uh, culmination. Joshua Williamson doing the amazing writing here. Crafting a really fun story. Really awesome pencils from Paul Pelletier, Jesus Marino, and Tom DeRennick with Gorgeous Inks by Norm Ratman, Paul Fernandez, and Tom DeRennick. As well as... Great colors from Hi-Fi, letters from Tom Napolitano, and the original cover by Mitch Gerards, with the variant cover by Brian Hitch, Alex Sinclair, John K. Steiner III, and Brennan Wagner. Man, and with that, that brings us to the end of this episode, number 121 of DC Comics' new Spinner Rack. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. It's been an awesome time hanging out with you, sharing my top five books, letting you know why I think they're so good and why I think you'll enjoy them. And if you already got them and you did and you do, can't wait to hear all about it. Let us know. Let me know. Send us a message. All you need is the at symbol and DC Comics News on whatever platform you're enjoying, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, Tumblr, you name it. Just use that at DC Comics News. And when you do, You'll let us all know what you're thinking. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. And let us know what you think, what you like, what you don't, what you agree. You know, did I get the same five books as you? Did you have others? Let's talk about it. I'm down. In the meantime, make sure you never miss out on a new episode of The Spinner Rack and all the great content from DC Comics News Podcast by subscribing on whatever platform you're listening to. You can always find us on the big ones, iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, so many others. But the one you're listening on, that's perfect. Hit subscribe, never miss an episode, and get other great content like the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, movies, television streaming, comics, and other news, all for you delivered right in your feed, as well as great content showcasing and highlighting the the really fun details of your favorite shows from Batman the Animated Series in the show I Am the Night, hosted by Steve J. Ray, as well as Mad Love, an episode-by-episode breakdown of the Harley Quinn show. They're all great stuff. It's a lot of fun. We hope you come and join us. Subscribe now so you never miss out. And with that, we'd like to leave you with one final reminder as we head off into the unknown. And that is to always read more comics. See you next time.